Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Welcome to Pretty Dece Director's Cut. This is officially episode one after our episode zero pilot episode last time. We are back. We're going to talk uh, some more movies, some more games. We're going to have lengthy discussions about each of them. And I'm joined by my buds again from last time. Ross is here. What's up, Ross? Hello. Hello. And Scott. What's up, Scott? How's it going? It's going good. Um, yeah, glad you guys are back. I think the first episode went well. People enjoyed it. Our, it was super fun. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. Um, so this week we kind of listed out sort of a general plan for the episode. And one of the things that we talked about a bit in the past kind of few weeks and stuff and, and has been kind of in the news a little bit sort of is is retro games. So that's kind of where I wanted to, to start today. Um, NPR put out this story uh, that was kind of just like a really like high level um like view of like where retro gaming is and and they they kind of hit on it because of um the the NES classic and the the SNES classic and like seeing these things selling out and they kind of went and started to talk to people about it and i saw i'm not sure about you guys but i saw like a bunch of people freaking out about like oh my gosh like this is the new hot craze everyone's going to buy up all these games we're not going to be able to get anything anymore and it was like the death of retro gaming. <laughs> I saw a lot of people saying, um, "I don't think that that's necessarily the case." But I think it's interesting that like everyone who grew up playing games, like who grew up with an, an NES or whatever, now has like the disposable income to be able to go spend hundreds of dollars <laughs> on like crazy <laughs> boxed copies of games, and um, or or to also you know just buy these like you know Super NES retro things, and like that's like a a thing that they're they're super in, into. So they they actually talked to um, the owner of Pink Gorilla Games, which Scott is a place that you actually went. Like that was like your tie-in to the story. Yeah, super. This is a super cool store. I really um, I hadn't been there before. Um, it's in Seattle, Washington, um, which isn't super far from where I am. And uh, I was listening to the story. And they said where it was. I'm like, oh my gosh, how is there? How have I never been here? Um, and so I did take a trip up there last weekend just to check it out. And um, it was really like their selection for the the store that I went to is in the international district. Um, and, you know, it's not super huge. It's only, you know, uh, four walls and a couple of uh, standing racks for, for different things. But this, the, the, the width and breadth of what they had. Um, you know, they had Atari 2600 and they had Sega Saturn and um, they had uh, GameCube and Game Boy and Famicom and Super Famicom and um, Sega CD. And, you know, even that wasn't their entire collection. They have an additional store in another part of Seattle. Oh, wow. So just the, the, you know, some, some, um, some game stores, used game stores, will only go back so far, or will you know won't have kind of the more niche um, types of, of uh, games and consoles available. And so, one of the things I really appreciated about this store was just the the variety 
with what they had. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think stores like this. So like they there's a couple that have popped up around me that that don't seem as good as this one. Like you you showed me some pictures of, of this one and it seemed like um like selection wise and just like they had crazy like you know like Famicom stuff and things like that. It seemed like they had a really awesome assortment of stuff. The ones around me are definitely way more focused on being basically game stops with just a little extra <laughs> so there's a, there's like the massive um you know ps4 xbox one rows and then they'll have some dvds and then they'll have some like older console stuff like th- those stores have definitely been popping up more and more you can tell people are getting more and more into um retro gaming kind of in in general um and typically unfortunately for me or like at least the ones around here like you can never find like super cool stuff like it feels like Every time I go look, it's always, like, picked over. Like, it's like, okay, look, there's, like, 50 sports games for the Genesis. So I was like, okay, I don't really care about those. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right. But they're still, like, super fun to go go dig through. Um, and, yeah, like, that's, oh, man, I, I love, love, love going through these. I was actually actually in one of these stores to get to just, just today because I had to go um, pick up a an AC adapter for my Genesis because I couldn't find my original Genesis <laughs> AC adapter. Um nice. And actually just stopped deciding to look. I was like, I know it's in a tub somewhere, but it's just easier just to go buy a replacement. Um, <laughs> so that's where we that's where we ended up. Um but yeah, like I, I really, really love these stores and I, I love I love um you know, I, I've definitely collected games for a long time. Like I I think from like starting to play games, I've also collected games. Because I've never I've never been a person who like sells games back to GameStop. You know, I've always been like trying to amass games even as a kid it was like i would buy up game like even after we'd moved on from like the genesis and that area and stuff i I would buy stuff when i was in like flea markets and stuff i would constantly want like more and more of those and that's just the collection that i've like amassed since then and never really stopped like i've always just kind of been like collecting games and collecting consoles and it's gotten to a ridiculous point at this point like i i have (laughs) way too many just tons and tons of dumb stuff um, but like, it's always kind of been my hobby. So it's interesting and like maybe vaguely worrisome that more people are like picking it up every single day. And I think it makes sense, you know, was thinking about like, what, where has this come from? Why, <laughs> why is this, um, it, it, cause it does seem even with the, you know, the NES classic, the SNES classic that Nintendo's always, um, uh, or, you know, very recently been, trying to bring older titles forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the Wii. I didn't have a Wii, so I, the virtual console. Yep. Um, being able to to go back and play older games, you know, it's a, a definite uh, audience that Nintendo continues to um, try to cater to. And I, I do think there is, you know, that, that aspect of, of collecting, you know, the, the games that we grew up with, um, are are classics now like they've you know they're 25 years old right 30 years old like there's and so that that collecting aspect you know whether you're collecting to to have one that's mint in box or you're collecting to be a player the 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 eight-year-olds who loved super mario brothers on the nes are now you know 30 year olds (laughs) with disposable income that they can spend on things and you know, and I, I, the other thing I was thinking about is, well, why hasn't that necessarily translated to 
you know, it's not like the Nintendo was the first ever video game that was ever played. Um, but I'm I'm wondering if there isn't something about as good as some of the Atari, the old Atari games were, or the old Apple IIe games. Um, I think Oregon Trail has a special place in a lot of people's hearts. <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah, but I try to ford that river every time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are. There's. I I feel like the the answer that I was coming up with or the the thought that I kept falling back to was I feel like the the Nintendo era that 8-bit era was the first time you really it was the first those are the first games for me that I really felt immersed in yeah like I would go and play those I would play Battletoads till my eye till I couldn't keep my eyes open any longer and I was fully immersed in that game whereas something like um uh, Kaboom! I, tried, I sent you a picture of Kaboom from the Atari. <laughs> I love that game. You got to play with the paddles and catch the bombs before they hit the ground. Um, was fun, but it wasn't ever anything that I put that amount of time in yeah. that I was that absorbed in. I, th- I think with the NES, it was the first time that you could look at it and understand what was trying to be represented without having to imagine it right <laughs> like, like <laughs> you don't have to you didn't have to squint as hard at the right like yes. you still had to squint a little bit but at least you like there were enough colors and you could you could put enough art on the screen that you you didn't have to say that square that's the knight those five <laughs> squares that's the dragon like you you know what i mean like yeah. um there was a little bit more there because i mean the the atari and like gaming existed like like you said like long before the nes but the, the nes was definitely the giant explosion of it where it became this pop culture thing and yeah like i mean like what what was the thing that made it different that time i I think that's part of it is like the visuals and having just a bit more like art to hang your hat on rather than just these blocky things and and i honestly think that like mario went a long way for that like having a character and like having the this little system this little box have a personality because of that. I think that that like made a lot of people fall in love with it in a way that maybe they didn't with their pong consoles or with their, you know, Ataris or, or whatever it might've been because, because you know, before that you had arcade stuff that people also hold very fondly today. Like, you know, like Pac-Man, people still love Pac-Man because again, you have Pac-Man, right? Even though on the screen, he maybe isn't a lot to look at. You have the side of the console where you have cool looking, you know, hand-drawn Pac-Man and stuff. So I think it, I think it comes down to that, like, art and being able to, like, you know, not have to just imagine everything. You can see it on the screen. Yeah. Well, and the that idea of the, the video game, like, we played video games at pizza parlors and yeah. bowling alleys, but now this was, like, looked just like that, except it was in my living room. Like, that was... <laughs> that was a big deal. That was... Because even pole position, like I owned pole position for the Atari, and it looked cool, but it didn't look like the yeah arcade cabinet. Whereas Mario was like that. That's what a arcade video game looked like. That's a hard thing to even imagine nowadays. That like it was a big deal when you could play something that was comparable to the arcades at home, and that it was. <laughs> it was a massive deal. Um, yeah, but like right now, like that's such a weird thing because arcades are this like super specialized. Like you, you, you can play DDR 
or the thing where you climb into it and it's a giant spaceship and like those are your options <laughs> at the arcade or like pinball like it's the things you can't do at home but yeah like there was a very real point where like they were competing like head to head essentially uh mm-hmm. with with the stuff that you could do at home but you know i uh so i i recorded a pretty decent episode that went up yesterday um that, that kind of is is in the same vein of like people that are getting on board the retro gaming train and that's and that's the the company Hyperkin which they they've been around forever and they they're a company that is based entirely around this nostalgia that people have for stuff because their entire business is just retro gaming and making like replacement controllers and making consoles that play these old games and stuff and it's kind of it's fascinating that like you can have this entire like market industry pop up based around these old video games that like Hyperkin didn't create these things in the first place. They just make these consoles that let you keep playing them. Um, and Hyperkin is putting out two things that I wanted to touch on. So, you know, I, I did the pretty decent about them. So go check that out in the video version. If you, if you want to know, but just briefly, they're putting out a replica Duke controller. I'm not sure if you guys had heard that. So the original Xbox that came with the giant, controller the mothership yes came with this controller that's like the size of a dinner plate takes up your entire (laughs) living room everyone called it the duke and very quickly microsoft replaced that controller they came out with the like s revision of the controller which then like the s revision of the controller eventually kind of morphed into what we have now for the xbox controller like like that's what they ended up iterating on uh but the duke is this like weird leftover piece of history and and hyperkin is putting one of those out again. It's basically an exact really? replica of the Duke, it. except it has uh, it has the like shoulder buttons now. So they put shoulder buttons onto it uh, instead of the black and white button. Yeah. Well, no, it still has those too. So I'm not sure exactly sure. I think oh, those really? are the like start select or something, and then it has the shoulder buttons. Uh-huh. But but it also um, they they made the center where the Xbox logo was an LCD screen, and when you press on the button, yeah. it, it like shows the boot up animation of the Xbox. <laughs> Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Do you remember how big that medallion was? Yeah, no, that it's... medallion was the size of like was bigger than a silver dollar. Yeah, it was ginormous. <laughs> I remember. Uh, so I got the I had the PlayStation was the first console I owned um, that wasn't like a handheld, and a buddy of mine got the Xbox, and so we were going back and forth between PS2 and Xbox and all of that when we were in grade school. Nice doing grade school level uh arguments for the pros and cons of each i'm sure <laughs> definitely um and that freaking controller it was it was exactly like pretending to drive with a dinner plate yeah except in video game form it was nuts <laughs> it really was and, and like I, I cannot overstate like my how hands large weren't big enough to reach where it needed to reach yeah. cuz it had the offset thumb sticks and things like that but like i couldn't hit the i couldn't <laughs> hold the controller hit the triggers and like change weapons with the, with Y for original Halo. So I had to bump, bump it with my nose. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Punching myself in the face while I was trying to learn how to play first-person shooter for the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the fact that this controller can come back and people can be hyped about it, and honestly, I'm kind of hyped about it because... Like I, I really liked the, I really liked the Duke. Like I, I didn't have an Xbox when they first came out. Um, I've, I've of course since bought one, but like when, when I was a kid, my cousin had one and I was definitely like on the PS2 train and, and going over to his house and playing Xbox was like a special thing. And he had the like Duke controllers and I remember liking them. 
Uh, so I'm excited to get my hands on one of these. But yeah, I also remember like everyone hating them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the sheer fact that this can, can be a thing that can happen in 2018 shows just how popular like retro gaming and like the power of, of like nostalgia for these things truly is. Yeah. yeah and then sure. the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just want the, the one thing about hyperkin that I've really been, I'm super tempted. I, I feel like it's going to be a 2018 thing at some point, the retron five. Yep. Um, that will go back and play, um, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Famicom, Super Famicom, Sega Gen, I mean, Mega Drive, it, the list of games that this thing will play is pretty great. It's an emulator that will allow you to plug in the original controllers of those games. Yep. Um, I'm really tempted. It's all like to, Amazon based to too. Like it's got, um, it's got a cool like menu for them where you can like turn cheats on and stuff and, um, like drop your save states and stuff like the, it is definitely like the best one of those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like Stefani. I just <laughs> no, that's a that's a perfect example. Like, like I think that like yeah, Hyperkin has really been stepping it up because I my my opinion of them used to be like they were kind of crappy, right? Like all the things that they put out were like okay at best, and and I think really with the Retron Five was my first time of like oh no, like th- this is a legit piece of hardware and people are really into it. Um, and then yeah, I think the Duke, all the pictures I've seen of it so far seem amazing. Seems like they're really putting the correct amount of work into it. And then the last thing, the thing that I'm like, the piece of hardware that I'm like most excited for this year is also coming out from them. Um, it is, they're, they're calling it right now the ultra game boy, but I don't think that'll be the final name. Cause of course it has game boy in it, but basically it is a, uh, a redesigned game boy pocket. So it's going to be uh, all aluminum. It's going to have a backlit screen. It'll still play game boy games um, it, it'll have like a screen where you, it'll have a dial on the side where you can kind of change the hue of the screen. So like turn it from like blue to green or whatever. Um, and it has uh, like a, a rechargeable battery plugs in via like USB C. It has a, an SD card slot where you can export chiptune music that you make. So it'll also, <laughs> apparently they're, they're working on the ability to ship with a version of little sounds DJ, which is like the main uh, main application people use for, for making chip tunes on a Game Boy. It, it'll ship with that on the system, like just built into the system. And then you can spit your chip tune you, th- that, that you make out onto the SD card. Um, it sounds amazing. And this is going to be like this, like wow. kind of like nice looking, like nice feeling, heavy duty, like aluminum Game Boy. So apparently it's going to come out this year for like a hundred bucks. And I'm like so excited to get one. <laughs> Because that's something like, you know, I'm not like a big like music maker, but I really like dabbling with those types of like sequencers and stuff. And I've always thought about getting an LSDJ cartridge. So this would be like two birds, one stone for that. Sounds super fun. (coughs) Yeah. So lots of lots of fun retro gaming stuff going on in uh, in 2018 here. Also, uh, Scott, Scott, you and I both purchased a really crazy item i think for for most people but we both bought a frame meisters we just both happened to end up with one of these or actually i i got one for christmas and and, and you bought one um do you want to explain to the people what a frame meister is if they don't if they aren't aware <laughs> so i'm still not sure i can explain it very well <laughs> i know when i was trying to explain it to my partner and 
the the additional I'm having to order it from Japan. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm slowly sliding further down sure. the nerd rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is a it's a it's a box, yep. and it, it essentially converts um, older uh, input signals. Um, it allows for an output to uh, an HD TV. Uh, you know, if you just plug your whatever, um, Nintendo, Sega, Genesis, um, you know, all the way up through uh, the PS, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, yeah. Xbox, you know, before there was an HDMI out on our gaming systems, we had... Um, component or composite or s video and you know a lot of tvs don't even have the capability of accepting that kind of signal anymore um and also the ones that do the hd tvs that will accept some of these older types of signals doesn't look very good (laughs) yeah (laughs) you plug it in and it's like grainy and there's this weird ghosting that happens and there's a lot of lag and so the the frame meister um, does a as near as I can tell, it it does a really good job. You know the this the, the output from these older systems is never gonna measure up to the current gen consoles, but just good enough to enjoy and play. Um, I think it it's been it's really been working out well for me. To this point, I've only really um, I have a GameCube uh, with a Game Boy Player attached to it mm-hmm. and. I've really been enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, as have I. I've um, like just kind of been getting into mine, but there. So essentially, the thing it's it's just an upscaler, right? It takes a video signal in, yeah. and it spits out a a higher resolution video signal. Um, so yeah, like I think everyone has had that experience. Or if you're into gaming and you like, you know, pull out your N64, and like, all right, we're gonna play this thing. It's awesome. You plug it into your HD TV, and you're like. This looks way worse than I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's partly because you're looking back with rose-colored rose colored glasses, but it's also because it does look worse. Like, it's just, you know, it yeah. was the, that console was designed to be on a CRT TV. It was designed to kind of be a fuzzier display, so things would kind of, you know, morph correctly. And then, yeah, you have this ghosting now, and you have all these, like, blurriness that's going on. Or even worse, like, some TVs literally can't handle a signal that, that low, you know, like, cause, cause like so they, these consoles spit out like weird, crazy signals sometimes that aren't like conforming to a standard. So it kind of solidifies all that upscales it. And you know, not to, not, not for us to brag that this is, this is for me telling you how crazy we are. This thing costs like 250 to $300, like depending on where you're, <laughs> you're looking at it and getting it. And like, and again, insane lengths people go to, to like play these games and stuff today. But, I think that I think the 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 sliding hill that you just talked about with your partner, um, the the point where I hit that on mine, it was like explaining it first of all was the thing was like yeah, that's this thing it costs like three hundred dollars and yeah like it it makes games look a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> and then like the the end result like the selling point for me to forgetting it was like then being able to spit that signal out into an Elgato and record that stuff. Um, which is always super fun. But then you get into the, like, okay, now I need, like, the best cables to plug into this thing. <laughs> and then you oh, go yeah, to... the rabbit hole keeps going. Yeah, the... I, I feel like I'm not sure there's a bottom. I don't, I don't think there is. 
So the the next step of that rabbit hole, which which I have gone down now, is getting what are called SCART cables for these things. And uh, SCART is a European video um, cable format, like video signal format, that's pure RGB. So where here we had cables where they sent all of the video over a single cable, this has them all split out into like three separate channels. So it's a little bit more clear, a little bit more crisp, and the image looks a lot better. But of course, we didn't have any TVs here that ran on SCART, However, some of our consoles, because they were just kind of direct ports over from, like, Japan and, and, and from Europe, can run SCART cables. So you can you can do, like, a Genesis, for example, like, SCART out of it, and it works perfectly fine. So if you go buy these SCART cables, and then you go buy, like, a SCART converter to plug into the FrameMeister, you can get, like, the best possible signal, supposedly, <laughs> out of these things. <laughs> Which is definitely, like, what the crazy um, mad scientist table beside me right now is, is dedicated to. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that's the current adventure is um, all the crazy SCART goodness, and then even from there you can get like super high end like homemade like shielded SCART cables and all this wild insaneness. Um, but I, I think think of maybe I've hit my limit on how deep I'm going to go for now. I think SCART cables <laughs> is where I'm going to stop. We're going to see where that goes. It has been fun too, you know, the just learning about. Um learning about the the upscaling and aspect ratios how to how to get the most out of this old uh equipment that we mm-hmm. have has been kind of fun and the there are a lot of uh you know for people who are interested there are a lot of YouTubers out there um you know if you if you just type in XRGB mini into YouTube you will get any number of oh, yeah. uh, channels devoted to retro gaming um, so there's some pretty interesting, there's, it seems to be a community, uh, that's really wanting to share some passion. Yep. Um, and so it's been, it's been fun kind of checking those things out. Yeah. I'll, I'll shout out the one channel that I've been using the most, which is my life in gaming. You, you probably have oh, seen I was going to, I was going to say you should check that out. Yeah, th- yeah. Those guys are incredible. First of all, all of their videos are amazing. Um, cause it's, you can tell these guys are like, amazing editors they're they're really good at footage capture they're really good at at editing and putting stuff together they're really good at kind of telling a story and they they do these um like 101 201 whatever series where they break down like how do you get the best picture out of whatever console or you know tell me everything about the frame meister like they, they they get really in depth on these very technical topics as it comes to retro games and like i've literally watched their videos and have taken notes like i'm in school like okay here, <laughs> i'm gonna write down all the things i need i need to know or go look up um as i'm watching them and like they've been invaluable with figuring some of this stuff out so definitely check out my life in gaming because it's a fan fantastic channel for sure so yeah, that's uh that is that is gaming. That's retro gaming. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm excited to kind of get. I'm going to definitely do like a big um, retro gaming stream at some point, and, and and hopefully do that on the reg now that I've got the Frame Meister like updated and everything, and it's all ready to go. It's in English finally. <laughs> that's the other that's the other fun thing. Since these things are coming from Japan, like the initial settings, at least on mine. All Japanese, like completely, yep. <laughs> and then they have they have upgradable firmware, which is really nice. It's super easy to do, but mine apparently was like on such an old firmware that you couldn't. There wasn't even like a setting to toggle it to English. I guess that was a thing at some point. Mine was just all Japanese, so I had to update it to an English version of the firmware to be able to actually even know what what the settings I was pressing were. 
because the because the remote that comes with it again all in Japanese. <laughs> I uh, I ordered an overlay that I could stick on top of the remote to actually see what the buttons did. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm still sticking to the the Google images of the remote in English, trying to like okay, that's all right. Two down <laughs> yeah. and one over. That okay, that's the button I want. Yep, I'm, I definitely am there. <laughs> Luckily, with the new version of the firmware, it didn't seem like this with the old one as I was poking around it. With the new one, you can basically just press the menu key and then get to everything you need within it. Like you, the, the buttons are just shortcuts for what you can get inside the menu key. Yeah. So, yeah, wild and crazy. So, gentlemen, let's jump into the next portion of our show here. And we wanted to talk about, you know, we, we, we kind of did like best of the year uh, for 2017 in the last episode. This episode, we wanted to focus on like what we're looking forward to in 2018. So now that we are in the new year, what kind of on the horizon are we looking forward to? So, you know, in anything, games, movies, whatever. So let's start, let's start in the category of games since we are on the game front. So Ross, hit me with some games that you're interested in. Let's just, let's just start throwing games out and, and have discussions about them because there's tons on the horizon. Seems like uh, 2017 set the stage for a really solid year mm-hmm. in uh, in gaming. And 2018, it's hopefully not going to let up anytime soon. At least not with the the both the scale, the like name power, and just the variety that's going to be coming out. Uh, one that I've been excited to see. I don't think I'm ever going to play it. <laughs> okay. Um, because I tried to play the first one and I never really got into it. Um, was Red Dead Redemption. Okay. And I'm eager to see what that looks like, just because I don't have a ton of time to drop into any one particular game. But I am really excited for those people that do, and then treating it like a, a VOD, where I can like come home and watch like, oh, the next the next level, or the next, <laughs> uh, the next side quest, and things like that. Um, but I didn't know if you guys had heard any news on this the last thing i had heard about it before i you know looked it up to try to put uh get ready for the rundown was that it was delayed at one point because wasn't it supposed to come out in the fall this year yeah i think i think it got pushed back i was gonna look it up and see if i could find yeah it was supposed to come out i think earlier in the year than maybe it's going to now i believe was what it was trying to see what the good old internet has to say about it so because it, it did get pushed, but I think it got pushed for good reasons. Like, they weren't making their timetable, um, and it was taking a little bit longer for the development. And it gets it away from a lot of... like the, 2017 had a lot of, like, heavy hitters coming out. And I think that if Red Dead pushes it back a little bit, I think it's slated for, like, a May release, early or late spring. Yeah, it's... Released uh... right now. And I, that would do better than trying to have it go up against um, some of the the larger games that came out towards the end of this year. Uh, yeah, it was originally going to come out the latter half of 2017, and now it's going to be uh, Q1 slash Q2 of 2018. And, and Rockstar is, like, notorious for game delays. They, 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 they essentially, like, shoot for something, and then if it's not done, they push it back, and they have no problem doing that, it seems like. Um, from Which their... is... And so why... So... We're going a little bit out of order from what I initially thought, but I wanted to bring it up because it's really refreshing to see somebody push something because it's not ready. Yeah. Um, in the land of having your consumer base feel like your beta testers, yep. except that where they're paying for the 
the privilege of doing said beta testing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice to see that they're pushing it back because they had some sort of delay or things weren't quite right and they weren't quite tweaked the way it was. Um, I think a solid first person, or a, sorry, a solo one player game is needed just for some variety. I mean, I really love the shared world games and things like that, but, but I really just would like a, a story driven one player game coming up. Yeah, I, I think that that's something we get like less and less of in games because games are going more towards the route of, um, yeah, you know, your your games where you devote all your time to and they're multiplayer, massively multiplayer, or they're um, more... games as a service. Right, yeah, or, or they're more yeah, like esports right. focused, but yes, exactly, games as a service. So just to have like a game come out and say, here it is, it's done, like just play it all, is kind of refreshing. Because yeah, I mean, like, I think that's a thing the industry is trying to figure out, and and I don't think that they'll figure it out in 2018 either. But the whole concept of like, what does it mean when a game's done? What is a release date? How do we deal with early access games? Because uh, you know, when when early access quote unquote first started, I think a lot of people just decided like, I'm just gonna wait till it's out, and then then you realize that like that doesn't mean anything anymore, you know. Um, like I'm, you know, I'm insanely into Fortnite right now. I'm, I'm, I'm completely addicted to Fortnite, which is quote unquote, an early access game. That game is, uh, at least according to them, not out, even though they're selling boxed copies on, you know, Xbox and and PS4. And even though I can put tons of money into it, hundreds of dollars into it, if, if I wanted to right now, and it's incredibly polished and like, you know, there's a ton of, um, there's a, you know, a ton of content for it and stuff like, you know, the the concept of early access is such a weird thing um and and yeah like the the idea of what a game is and and when it's done and stuff is is very weird so having red dead come out and have it just be a single player experience you play through it and it's not trying to like sell you on this is your new life game is is a nice thing to have so, and I, I wanted to lead off with that one because others um, are just kind of like the games that I'm side-eyeing and sure. not really sure uh, what is going to come of it. So, hopefully... Um, so, on, on, the, on the Red on Dead front... I, see, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to play it. That's fair. So, Red Dead, the first Red Dead Redemption is is one of my favorite games of all time. It, it was It's definitely um, my favorite game of last generation and... It you know I'm I'm kind of a, in general like a Western fan, um, and this game scratched that itch entirely. It was an incredible story. It was a an open world that was super fun to be in and explore, and everything about that game was great for me. I loved everything about it. Um, Scott, was that a game that you played at all? Were you into Red Dead Redemption whatsoever? You you know I I I didn't play it until it had been long been dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't really get in, um, you know, super tail end of my 360 experience. Um, played it a little bit. Um, I do have it downloaded on the Xbox One. And I think the thing that I'm looking forward to about that game is um, the multiplayer co-op. Um, you know, to be able to sit in a shack with your buddy next to you fending off cougars. <laughs> that are trying to kill you or, you know, tromping across whatever landscape, um, you know, kind of that GTA style of we're not really doing anything other than just hanging out in a video game and, and uh, pretending to be cowboys, I think <laughs> is 
I think it's going to be a really fun part of that game. So it's one that I'm certainly looking forward to. Yeah, when you when you sell it that way, I'm way more into it than I thought I was going to be because I because I definitely really only care about Red Dead for the story. Um, but yeah, like the idea of like we're just we're just pretending to be cowboys and just kind of not doing anything <laughs> sounds sounds like a blast. And and I mean GTA Online that came out with GTA 5 is this like insane massive like life of its own thing that I yeah. kind of didn't see coming like it, it continues to get content it continues to get updates and and yeah people have turned that into their life game their game as a service which you know maybe the same thing will happen for for Red Dead we'll have to see but uh all right so other games that that are on the list you you have uh one on your list that I'm very much looking forward to and and unfortunately, Ross, since you don't have a PS4, this is one that you won't be able to play uh, firsthand. But that is Spider Man coming out on the yes. PS4. Man, I am I'm so pumped about this game. <laughs> it uh, it seems to like harken back to like the PS1, PS2 era Spider Man games, which were so so good. Um, you know, we've we've gotten a little away from those, but but Spider Man games have been good before. I even really liked there was um there was the game Amazing Spider Man on. I guess I was last generation now at this point, right? Like, it's been out that long. I think I played it on 360. I may have played it on PS4. We'll see, I, who, who remembers? But um, <laughs> that game wasn't great, but it was still, like, super fun to fly around as as, as Spider-Man. And, and this game, it seems like they're hitting all the right boxes. They're, um, they're pulling in kind of, like, newer Spider-Man characters and stories and stuff, which is really exciting instead of just rehashing the exact same old, you know, origin story stuff over and over again. Uh, so I'm I'm really pumped for for Spider-Man on the PlayStation, which I always liked about the original ones, like the the original Spider-Man games for the for the PlayStation. It's like you didn't like you didn't go through any origin story stuff. It wasn't tied to you know movie. It yeah. was just a Spider-Man adventure. Like you knew who Spider-Man was. They didn't go through any sort of explanation about why this dude is you know running up the sides of buildings. It's just it's implied that you know what is going on in this universe. Right. <laughs> Feels like this is going to be yeah, that. Like, you know, Spider-Man is great. <laughs> We're going to introduce you to some obscure characters, but not the main hero. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Like, I mean, everyone who signs up for nowadays for a Spider-Man movie or Spider-Man game, they know what they're getting into. Like, no one needs to see, like, and then he was bitten by a radioactive spider, and then he saw his <laughs> uncle die, and he learned that responsibility matters. Right? Like, everyone gets it. We're good. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, in, 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 insomniac games are fantastic developers. Like those guys put out ridiculous games, like so, so good. Um, so just, just give me like an ounce of ratchet and clank in Spider-Man. That's all I need. Just, just drain a little bit of that, uh, of that quality into this game. And I'm, and I'm super excited. I think one of the things that, that has stuck with me, you know, in thinking about, you know, when you, when we were talking about you know, looking forward to 2018, um, I, I got to thinking about, well, what what do I remember from E3? What's really stood out and stuck with me for these last few months? And, you know, I'm not sure that Spider-Man would make any kind of top list of things that I'm for sure going to drop some cash on. But I do, things that have stuck with me from E3 is a pretty short list. And one of them for sure is just the, the character movement in that E3 presentation, mm-hmm. like I really, it was just so, I mean, the, the way that 
the the player character was moving around the space and the different the different combat and the different ways that Spider-Man was interacting. I mean, we've all seen the cartoons where he shoots a web and he pulls down a side of a wall or, you know, uses a big iron beam to take out it, but to actually be to be the force that is making your player character do those things to to have the button combinations and and I don't it looks a intimidating a little bit like am I really going to be able to do all those <laughs> things and B just so cool like this is a video game of the of the things that I've seen Spider-Man doing for years and now I'm actually going to be able to to have control and to do it myself yeah definitely I mean the um, the <clears throat> the the movement of Spider-Man was was perfect in that in that demo. He, you know, he he, he doesn't bound he, he he bounds around. He he doesn't he doesn't like methodically walk around like Batman does. You know, he he jumps from point A to point B, and he yeah he like you know like flips here and there, and it's perfect. They like really nailed um, the 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 difference in Spider Man versus other heroes, and I yeah that had me really excited. So that's and you know a, another just like single player focused game <laughs> that, that we're getting this year, which I think is really cool. Yep. It'll be great to see if they can do all of the player movement without quick time events as well. I'm looking forward to that and have it be a little bit. Uh, uh, what I enjoyed about the previous ones was the like the personal flavor that you could give it. Because yeah. I always liked like. You could make your hands into like web spikes, and it made your punches harder, but it like slowed you down. Definitely. So you had to like really think about how you were going to approach the enemies. You couldn't use any of your wall climbing abilities at that point, um, so everything had to be like jumping. Um, and so I'm hoping that it brings a little bit of that into it. So the way that I would play the character and the powers that I would choose to use aren't anywhere near what you would choose. To use. It's not just like oh hit B for you to like dodge, duck, dip over the beam, and there you go. Definitely. Yeah, I, I hope that that's the case. I, you know, I, I also hope it has a ton of like unlockable costumes like, in in addition to it because that's always one of my favorite things about Spider-Man games is the plethora of unlockables. Like the the PS1 games were really good about that. You know, eventually you could unlock the amazing Bagman where he's wearing the Fantastic Four suit with the plastic bag or the the paper bag over his head and stuff, um, <laughs> or like Cosmic Spider-Man and just ridiculous things like that. How are you feeling about the the white suit? I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like when a game will put their own spin on the Spider-Man costume if they do it in a way that, like, maintains the general look of Spider-Man. And and I think that they've nailed that, where they, they've created a look where when you see it, you know it's from that game, right? You, you, you understand it's from their game, but it still looks like Spider-Man. It looks like kind of an updated modern take on, on the Spider-Man suit. So... Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It is it's it's my wallpaper uh at 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 work right now. It's so cool. Nice. In fact. Um so yeah, I'm I'm excited. It'll be fun to see what they do with that. Um I think the superhero movies have really taken off, but there haven't been a lot of solid superhero games. There've been some that have tried and kind of missed the mark. But they've always been movie adaptations, right? Like Yeah. Um like you said, the Amazing Spider-Man, like it was solid, but it was kind of weird at the same time. I remember there's a lot of like genetic mutants in that one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really understand why. Um, 
but it'll be it'll be fun to get back into that into that player fantasy of being a superhero uh, that you has a, a storied past, right? Like you, yeah. the, your Batman's and your Superman's and things like that. You know, I, I don't think I really don't think we've had a big budget um, people care about it superhero video game really since the Arkham games with, with Batman, you know, like, um, you know, that's, that's not tied to a movie that isn't just some like kind of cash in for, for a film, which doesn't even happen very often anymore. But, um, this feels like the continuation of like, yeah, what they built with the Arkham games of like, we're going to tell our own story. We're going to create our own version of Batman and the whole world uh, of Batman. It seems like the same thing is going on here. And hopefully it doesn't go quite as off the rails. I I got a little yeah. disappointed with Batman later of like didn't play the Amazing Tank Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I signed up to be Batman, uh, but that that's fine. I, I'd kind of forgotten about that game, that Arkham Knight. Yeah, they, they they put out. I think they went too far with those because um, yeah, there was Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham City. Knight, um, Arkham Origins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they lots of Arkham going on. Yep. Uh, and that was, uh, yeah. The first one was good. The second one was good open world, and then it got weird. Yeah, I played all of them, and then it, I don't know. Either I am having a terrible memory now, or it did not leave the lasting impression. That <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, a bit of both. Inter Electro did, which I haven't played in how many years? So I was like thirteen. <laughs> Yeah, and and that one's still one that like you remember all the bits and pieces of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but while we're still on, uh, on single player games, I've I don't know if this is true or if I just picked the wrong site to read because I didn't think it was coming out this soon. Okay, which is The Last of Us Two. Yeah, I'm not sure what the release date of that is. Let's and see. so I checked a couple different sources and it said it is slated for 2018. I'm not sure when. But I just remember how earth-shattering that game was, and I still haven't played it because I, I, at one point had this pipe dream of being able to afford both a Microsoft platform and a Sony platform, <laughs> and I'm still keeping that alive just so I don't fall into despair, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it might happen one day. Who knows? One day. But I am, again, looking forward to that, even just watching somebody play it and... Hopefully they break it up into like episodes so that I know what's going on. Yeah, they're, <laughs> looking they're... At you, Scott, looking at you. <laughs> I, I hear, I feel the eyes in the back of my head. Yeah. 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 There's, there are no like release dates on their Wikipedia page or anything like that. It's kind of, it's kind of shocking how limited their Wikipedia entry is for last of us part two. So, because I think it takes, uh, it follows the young girl forward. Yeah. From the last one. And again, I don't know what happened in that one. I purposely tried not to. Just in the hopes that I could experience it fresh one day. <laughs> um, so I'm sure people out there probably know a lot better what has gone on. I just remember how it really rocked people to have a uh, like a personal connection to characters in a video game versus kind of the wanton, you know, throw lives away nature of video games. Yeah. And to like feel like punched in the stomach when you lose somebody in your little team and things like that um, makes a game really special. And it seemed like they did that in the first one. It'd be interesting to see if they can do that in the next one if it does come out this year. But I'm looking forward 
I guess the the overarching uh, theme so far is that I'm really looking forward in a game that I could play by myself and then roll up and like play with you guys or play with other people. Like yeah. a, a little bit more variety in my games. There've been whether it's been self-imposed or industry-imposed over the last like three or four years, it's been a lot of service uh, games as a service that I've been playing, and not. I would like to get back to a uh, a single-player game where sure. I care about the character. I'm looking at you, three, four, three. You. <laughs> There's a reason I had the whole Halo canon memorized because I didn't think you were going to kill it, and then you did. <laughs> and then you did. And then you did. Uh, speaking of anyway. games that are kind of like that, uh, how, how are you guys feeling about Anthem as far as, um, you know, yeah. so that, that's a game that is like trying to at least tell you that it's going to be going to have a really good story and you're going to love it and you're going to get invested in the world. Then also you're going to play co-op with all your friends and it's going to be basically destiny. Um, I, I'm personally very skeptical about that game still. I'm not sure if you guys are like stoked for it or... Or, or where you land on it? For, I think I was not alone in watching that uh, trailer at E3, thinking, "Wow, this is gonna be like the the Iron Man flying and the you know yeah. very I, I thoughts that I had while watching the trailer were the 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 visuals of this game look really cool. Um, the script is just as terrible as Destiny's <laughs> right. reveal trailer was at E3. Almost oh, hey. identically terrible. What gun did you get, fella? Oh my <laughs> gosh, look at this great gun that I got. The <laughs> um, and so I was really, I was really pretty, pretty pumped for it. Um, and then EA had the second half of the year that they had. <laughs> and yeah, I, I am certainly, I have certainly cooled. On Anthem, I'm definitely going to be in a wait and see. I mean, I don't. I think the the number of sixty dollar titles that I'm going to be able to throw down for this year is going to be, you know, kept to a conservative number, and uh, that one's definitely going to have to to be on the wait and see list. Yeah, I, you know, it, it was very pretty in, in its in its debut trailer for me, but I like it from the, even that jump. It felt so much uh, like they were just they were just pulling attempting to pull like the best parts of like three or four different games and not making anything unique it was like let's let's make it make the flying like iron man kids like that and let's make the loot system like destiny because that seems real popular and um it, yeah it just felt like they were kind of just like mishmashing kind of stuff together and not making their own world so i hope i'm wrong about that because because you know bioware usually is um, is great about world building and, and about, you know, character development and stuff. So hopefully that, that comes through and I just wasn't seeing that because, you know, it, it, it was too busy, you know, telling me how cool their, their gun was they got. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. And, and I think that I, I hope EA has learned their lesson with the whole, like, you know, uh, the whole like loot box debacle and stuff like that. But this also seems like a game that's just rife for, exploitative DLC <laughs> to, to be thrown in, you know? Um, oh, for sure. Oh, you don't like leveling up? Here you go. Right. Or like, hey, what if you paid an extra $10 and got these five boxes that might have some cool guns in them? And, and you know, and, and, and sometimes those are, those things are fine in games, but, but typically EA does a really bad job of it. 
Well, and I, you know, I do think, I, I think it is going to be really, I, it, it's, no matter what, I think it's going to be an interesting story to watch it unfold. I think because of the, the death of Mass Effect and, you know, I, I do kind of wonder if EA really needs a win outside of sports games. You yeah. know, that when's the last time they really hit one out of the park and, and it was just a, a massive, well-accepted, you know, I think yeah. they have a little bit of a hole to dig out. And so I, that's partly, too, I'm I'm kind of skeptical that it's going to be a 2018 game. I mean, I think at this point, you know, the, the time uh, and effort it's going to take to really come out with a game that's going to grab... Um, the size of audience that they're wanting is it really something that they're going to be able to go from that trailer that we watched at E3 last year to a fully ready to release game in the fall of 2018 I I don't know (laughs) and I think that it hinges on like you said the world building yeah that has to make so there's a couple games out there on the market already that are kind of like this right like the division gave it a shot destiny very much the the flagship of that genre and it has to feel different enough it can't be it can't be enough to have a wizard a ninja and a tank right right you you're gonna have to make it feel different you're gonna have to give me meaning in the world that is that is scratching an itch that i can't get elsewhere because like not to go all cadre but you don't have a lot of time to grind through like similar platforms, you're you're looking for a new fix or a new hit of something. Even if it's similar, um, it needs to be different enough and allow for different play styles to emerge out of it. Which is what I really liked about Bioware back in the day. In that, uh, like I would watch a buddy of mine play Knights of the Old Republic after I had dropped like three, four thousand hours into it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I played through that game so much, I had like the dialogue memorized, but watching somebody new play it, it's like they're using powers that you didn't use, using weapons and uh, party layouts and things like that. And then I think maybe bring a little bit of the the retro Bioware back into a multiplayer shared experience. That could be something really special if they're allowed and if they take the time to explore that. Yep. Um, especially with the way it did look at that... At that uh, the E3 trailer of, like, the ranger and then that dude in the, like, who doesn't want to be the guy that gets to come in halfway through a fight and, like, oh, yeah, like, I got this mortar this weekend. I'm going to go grab that real quick. I'll be back. (laughs) And you just, like, bring the rain from the sky. Like, that is a power fantasy that isn't going to be scratched by too many other games, but you have to allow the player to, like, fill that out in the way that they want. Um there's arguments for other games maybe making those paths a little bit too channelized. And I think that the find the little tributaries of, well, I liked this flavor flavor and I get to bring it together um, of play style is something that isn't quite out there right now. That's my little ramble on Anthem of like, (laughs) I want it to be there, but you're going to have to give me customization options that make it so that even if we choose like the same mech, I can deck it out in the way that I want to, and we can do something completely different. Yeah, it, it needs to be that, that you feel like you have some sort of authorship over 
over your look and yeah, over your character as a whole. Because that's that's the whole thing that they're selling in their single player games is is you have tailored this character to your exact specifications with his face that you created and all of the choices that you made along the way. So throwing that into a multiplayer format, it needs to be with my look, with my suit that I made, all my color choices, my guns, and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the world, like you said, just looked like they tied different things together. Oh, like what, robot dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's... All right, so we're going to have robot dinosaurs and Iron Man. Aliens. Everybody loves aliens, right? Will Smith will do some lines. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, so maybe they'll find their identity in this year. It wouldn't make me sad to see it get pushed and then to have this be their like world-building year. You remember how Bungie back in the day used to do drop the the intel uh, like their website. It would say like incoming intel on the, one of the races and it wouldn't give you like their powers. It was just like written in the world narrative of we've, you know, we picked up this and it was like hazy gif of an elite and you didn't know it was an elite or you didn't know it was the colony uh, race and things like that. Like maybe have it written in the world as though you're learning it with the, the central command or something that would be kind of fun and have it tailored towards that this year versus a like rollout of everything. And like, let me tell you about this world. Like, no, like, just set the stage and allow us to fill the world, I think. Because isn't that what those games are supposed to be about? Versus a... uh, (laughs) Like, either script the world entirely and let me experience it as though I would have moved that way. Or put the framework there and allow me to put the clay on my experience in that world in whatever way I want. Sure. Don't make it this, like, halfway in between of like, we're allowing you to customize, but only like two things. Like you can't wear a hat. I hope that's okay. <laughs> or like, or you can put the hat on your character or take it off. Whoa. It's your own story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that one I've been, I've been trying to think about Anthem, like what, how I felt about it. Cause I knew we were going to talk about this and then it's come up a couple of times with the, the recent E3 loot box thing and i think i'm just tired of loot boxes in general and so if it's in there like eh, see maybe they don't need me to be playing that game i'm in a weird place with them because so i they're they're addictive right so so like you you have the feeling of enjoyment when you open them (laughs) so i you know and i i like that i have in in certain games i like that i have a uh incentive for continued play so like when i play overwatch for example like you know, Overwatch is super fun in and of itself, but I like that then I know, like, oh, every couple matches, you know, I'll, like, level up, and then I'll get enough for a loot box, and then I'll open it, and I'll get some cool costume or pose or whatever. And I like that I have that that continual loop of satisfaction of getting new gear, getting new stuff. And, of course, with Overwatch, right. it's all cosmetic, and, and, you know, like, EA does it in a way where, like, you can you can throw money at it until you're better at the game than everyone else, and that's clearly a problem. But, uh, but, you know, I've also been playing Fortnite a lot too, and Fortnite definitely does it more where it's like, you know, you're hitting these, uh, llamas, which are their, their loot boxes. And (laughs) it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a pinata and you, you bust it open and all the stuff falls out. Um, and you know, there you're, you're literally getting like maybe better guns, maybe better heroes. And it's, it's actually stuff that makes you play better in the game. And that's still super fun, but 
it has to be designed correctly. You know, it has to be um, has to be in a game that's generally otherwise, you know, free. And and at least in the case of Fortnite, it, they give you enough along the way playing for free that that I don't feel the need to then like throw buckets of money at it. And I think that's my that's my deciding factor on loot boxes is. Do I feel like I'm being severely hindered by not putting extra money in the game? Um, yeah, and that's yeah, the uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I was where you kind of feel hindered because you didn't drop money in the game, or where they start to hide things that should be in the game or could be really fun. Of like, all right, I'm gonna work for this exotic, you know, weapon. Yeah. How, or however they're going to end up labeling it, and it's going to require me to do like all of the different steps. And if you can like figure out what the steps are, that was always something that was really fun uh, for me. Or it was like if you wanted it done right now, maybe it wasn't really fun, but something to be in the background of like, all right, so I need to do like I need to go kill thirty-five of the this enemy. Do you guys want to go and do this real quick? Let me go do something else and like slowly chip away at it. Yeah. Until it happens. And then there's like a little story with it of like, oh, I played, you know, this strike with Scott and, you know, he rained the mortar down and that saved us and, you know, whatever. So you kind of get to to have a little bit more of a structure there and how you got that weapon without it really them having to give any design thought to that experience. Like just put the blocks there and we'll fill it in versus a like, oh, I got that from this box. I forget what I was doing. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, Fortnite has the same thing where you can you can progress towards something where, you know, you might get a lucky drop and have like an epic, you know, weapon schematic and you just might have it. Or maybe you got the really weak version of it and then you leveled up through the skill tree and got the ability to upgrade the rarity of your weapons. And then you did that and now you have the better version uh, but but before you did that, you had to collect a bunch of resources to be able to do it because it, it required a bunch of resources. And and then you can kind of like, okay, you know, I, I didn't get the cool drop I wanted, but I can sort of figure out the path to get there, and, and I know kind of the progress I'm making as I go. And that's and that's nice, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think in general, just the loot boxes for the sake of loot boxes, the idea that you can just pay your way through portions of the game is 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 terrible <laughs> and, yeah. and they need to figure that out quickly yeah hopefully they will sorry i, I, I was just gonna I, I guess maybe saying it a different way but probably similarly to what's already been out there um one thing that did strike me too is the um, um warframe as an example of you know, there's uh, a game and a community, and granted, it's a free-to-play, so it's a little bit different scenario. But it's not a game that people talk about. You know, with this this vitriol and yeah. and anger towards loot boxes, I have yet to hear Warframe thrown into those stories or into those forum posts. And I think it's partly that they at least they have figured out the developer has maybe figured out a better balance. You know, the things that I hear about the way progression works, and I've dabbled just a little bit, not very much, um, but just the idea that if you don't want to buy loot boxes, you still feel rewarded for the time you put in. Yeah. um, As opposed to having the feeling of the only way to really progress to through the game is to pay more money. 
And yeah. and that was the big problem with Battlefront 2, I think, was that people were looking at it and like, okay, if I want Darth Vader, I'm putting in like, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours of work in the game. And uh, that, that felt like it just a ridiculous impediment roadblock, you know? Um, right. And, and yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So I think it, yeah, success of Anthem is going to hinge on those major facets and how they choose to incorporate them or not. Yep, I definitely agree. So, because the rest of the rest of the community is having a discussion that is evolving around that, and if EA is going to stay in their in their lane and not take any of that into account, especially with just the fallout that's happened in the last what two months. Yeah. Like then they're in for big trouble if they unveil this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. If this and, thing like, comes they out, haven't, and they've been deaf to surely not though, right? Like surely the company is talking amongst its studios, but still, like listen to the Fortnite comments and listen to the Destiny comments and like what is Overwatch doing? Well, why can Overwatch get away with it? Yeah. I personally think it's because it's a multiplayer only, and that there's not all of these other elements. Like you're not supposed to go questing throughout the world. And like slaying dragons and saving people as as Overwatch. No, like I just want a really flipping sweet Lucio skin. So <laughs> give me that, and then it'll make my guy look cool. And we'll do the exact same thing, just like Titanfall or you yeah. know any of those multiplayer only games. Yeah, if 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 Anthem like if if its full design sort of becomes apparent if it comes out and it turns out that they were just like completely tone deaf to all of the stuff that people got mad at them about with Battlefront. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be real bad. <laughs> it's gonna be the same thing all over again. Um, and I hope that so, they realize that. I want a game like that. Like I want a game that stra- scratches that itch of like World of Warcraft, Destiny combo, yeah, or Knights of the Old Republic, World of Warcraft mix. Um, but we'll see what happens. Because as much as I I do enjoy being a and not playing with you guys, I do also enjoy playing with you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to do both. Yeah. So, and as speaking, if it's okay to, to transition. My transitions are please super subtle. Guys. It's good to ask about super them. I think subtle. first. Yeah, uh, I do. I think that's the best way to approach it. And if we can get a quorum, and we'll hold a hearing for the transition, and then we'll be able to move on. With Definitely. The but we need the committee. We need the committee discussion prior to any. That'd be great. Let's just table this for a future goals. discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry we lose you listeners on a bi-weekly basis. <laughs> uh, but one that just looks like silly good times, which the open beta comes out like next week, week after, is Sea of Thieves by Rare Studios. Oh, I didn't realize that was going into open beta so soon. Sea of Thieves is going into closed beta. Oh, closed beta. So you can put $5 down at your favorite get one of the beta codes. I how are you guys are you guys excited about this game? What's your, what's your general Yarr. feel? Okay. <laughs> I've been practicing my pirate voice. It's not very good. No, it's a good start. So I, I like it. Yeah. I have, I feel like the 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 alcohol consumed in game as well as in my living room will certainly <laughs> add to the authenticity. <laughs> Seems fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm super. I I think it'll be fun. I think the um you know it could it could totally bomb and I could it, they could totally miss the boat. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but I, I like Ross. I'm really the the good times that I have playing video games with other people in games like Destiny or Division or Titanfall, 
um, this looks like a departure from just a shooter. Like, there are other things that we can do together, you know, be able to adventure together. And I know, you know, people who play MMOs and people who play um, other types of RPGs are kind of rolling their eyes, but it's not, those aren't arenas I've ever really gotten into. So this is a departure from the type of gaming that I do with friends previously. Uh So I'm really looking forward to it, you know, to to have a job to do on a ship and to be able to hop off and run through an island looking for loot and to battle other players on the high seas. I think, uh, I think there's some, there's an opportunity here for, for that game, I think to, to grab, to grab an audience and, you know, it'll depend on the quality, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I think it's got potential. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I I hope that it is as good as it seems like it's going to be because the you know the concept of it is is incredible right like you're you're manning a pirate ship everyone has a job to do you're sailing around battling other pirate ships and you're like running around trying to like you know hit the different posts and and, and do your different jobs and stuff and um then meanwhile you're you know going off and getting treasure and following treasure maps and stuff like there's just some really just smart cool stuff going on in the game I, I think the thing that has me the most worried about it is that Rare is developing it because I, I don't know I don't know about their ability to make like a multiplayer game like this. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't I don't know that I trust them in game development <laughs> completely. <laughs> I hope a that I can. Than is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean like Rare has has like I feel like they haven't done much lately. First of all, you know they they. Um, they made some cool avatars for the Xbox, and other than that, I mean, what else have we done? Um, You're talking to the one guy who's played Viva Pinata and Viva Pinata Two: Trouble in Paradise. And those games are cool. I mean, like, yeah, for a bajillion <laughs> hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's fair. Um, I, I just don't know if, like, their talents have ever been applied to a game that was intended to be this type of like multiplayer experience. So we'll we'll see how yeah. that goes. You know. For sure. I think it's, yeah. yeah, it's got the potential there, and the flavor for me is going to come from just like Scott said, the stark contrast of other things that I've been playing. Yeah, where it's like you know, yes, you're playing with other people, but you have like this very directed experience going through of like your rating or your, uh, you know, doing strikes or playing competitive multiplayer of like let's just wander around. Like I found this map, I don't really know where it goes. <laughs> let's just follow it. Uh, make sure the boat doesn't sink. All right, or like, <laughs> why is your dude drunk on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the difference the the different type of gameplay I think will also lend itself to the. There's only so many different kinds of surprises we're gonna get in a shooter. You know, um, we've all played enough first person, third person to yeah the difference in guns and the scenery and it's cool and there's things to like out there but i'm i'm really looking forward to the i have no idea how to steer <laughs> a ship i don't know which side is the port and which you know like there i think the 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 chaos that will ensue from all of us just trying to figure out what this game is and how it works um i'm I'm hopeful that that even might by itself might be worth yeah. the drilling oh, yeah. down. That should be pretty fun. The, <laughs> the the art style is in such a way that it it looks a little cartoony, which is great. And so I don't think it should be taken super seriously because in one of the the little gameplays that I saw it was like, oh, 
like, we need to get to that island over there before the other team, or for the other ship, and they were, like, racing, and what did they do? They shoved their buddy in a cannon that launched him. Perfect. To the island. I was like, yes, this is this is exactly what I want. I'm like, <laughs> Scott, put John in the cannon. I think I'm going to swing by, and we can see if we can hit we can get that chest before the other ship. That's perfect. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about about yeah. The art is just is incredible from from what I've seen so far, and and you know not to keep bringing up Fortnite just, to, <laughs> but but that's part of the reason that part of the reason that I like Fortnite over something like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah, right. So what you, have you guys heard the good news about Fortnite? Um, but you know, like honestly, like Sea of Thieves reminds me a lot about Fortnite's art style, and. Even though you're in there and it's this like brutal world and everyone's trying to murder you in your own like murder island, uh, it, yeah, it's like a fun little world to be in because like everything's like fun and cutesy and there's a bomb that makes people dance and um, and that goes a really long way and I think that'll also be true for this game. So yeah, definitely a plus on the art style so far. So, so. that's definitely that. that 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 one's on my list for sure. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see. The, uh, the footage from the beta, you know, see how that goes. Yep. So I put down uh, some money for the beta this weekend. So at least I'll be able to play that and be able to decide whether or not it was a good $5 week of my life. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, Look, I, I'll hit some uh, just some rapid fire ones that I'm excited about yep. here that I wrote down. So um, Nintendo had a direct mini this past week and announced a couple games. Um, they're, they're doing a bunch more of like the Wii U ports over to the switch, which are good because not a lot of people own Wii U's. So we're getting like Hyrule warriors, um, coming over. Um, and, uh, we're getting donkey Kong, um, donkey Kong country, tropical breeze, which again, I don't think anyone played and it's supposedly it's a very good game. So we're getting that. Uh, we're also going to get a new Mario tennis game, which I am stoked about you guys. <laughs> Um, it's called Mario Tennis Aces, and, like, t- I, first of all, I love tennis games in general. Like, tennis games are super fun, because basically they're just, like, Pong, but less abstract. <laughs> and it's, you know, <laughs> I've loved them since, uh, there's a, it's a Capcom, I think Capcom made it, uh, is, a, is an arcade game that has several different sports in it, and one of them is tennis, and it's a blast. I mean, I, I love I love tennis arcade games, and Mario Tennis is fantastic. So I'm really excited about that. It'll have a story mode, um, which is which is new. We haven't had a story mode in a uh, in, in a game like that since like the GBA. So that's that's cool to actually get a real story mode going on. Um, they they also announced this is this is the thing that I'm most excited about in gaming for this year. And you guys won't even know what it is. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the, the outline. I have no clue what's happening. So they're porting The World Ends With You to the Switch. And The World Ends With You is a Square Enix RPG that came out on the DS, the original DS. And this is, it's an RPG. It's set in modern day Shibuya. So like Tokyo, the, the Shibuya district of, of Tokyo. And it's... It's kind of like like the art style looks very Kingdom Hearts like that's that's definitely a lot of like where the inspiration comes from, but like way cooler. <laughs> it's um you know it's it's modern day so it strikes that like it scratches that same itch that like Persona does, where you're you're figuring out like oh this is kind of what like modern day Tokyo is and you have all the people into you know kind of nerdy stuff and you're in Shibuya especially which is like the you know where all like the like video game stores and stuff are in in Japan and. 
the the big thing about the world ends with you. It, it's it's an RPG and it's a square RPG, so you know it takes all those boxes that you would expect from a Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts. But the the cool thing about it was that its battle system took up both screens on the DS. So your upper screen was one character, and then your lower screen was a second character. And the lower screen you controlled with the stylus. So you would, like, swipe things around and swipe enemies and draw circles and stuff to command that character. And on the upper screen, you put in button combinations like it was a fighting game to to control your character. So it might be like, you know, up, left, 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 up, left, left, right. And, like, that would be, like, an attack that the character could do. And you had to do both at once. And it was... Um, weird and crazy and complicated and like super fun. It was like a skill that you could build and do it. Um, and it's definitely like the world ends with you is maybe my favorite DS game ever. It's, it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's fantastic. I've, I love that game. They ported a version of it to the iPad and, and that was just not the optimal way to play that game. Like it was fine, but it wasn't great. Uh, so now they're they're putting out a Switch version, and, and apparently it'll have uh, touchscreen controls, so so that'll still be there, but it'll also have like new controls designed for the Joy Cons, so that's cool. Um, so I'm just really excited to see like you know an updated, like nicer looking version of this game, and to get to play it again. I'm so so excited. So that's my little rant about <laughs> the world ends with you. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, thought just the. Nintendo Direct Mini, I thought was really smart. You know, it's like the first everyone, everyone, uh, the IGNs and the the game spots of the world, and you know they've they've all done their 2017 thing, and they all went on break, and they're all coming back, and now it's like setting the table for 2018. And hey, here's here's a thing that you can all talk about in this kind of deadish yeah. area after the New Year, after the holidays. Um, it was perfectly and, timed, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're also doing so. The, this was a game. It wasn't in the mini, but it was. It's been announced for a while. Uh, Project Octopath Traveler. It's again a Square RPG, which I'm apparently very into right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> this game looks cool. So the the concept of it definitely is very iffy. It could be amazing or it could be terrible. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. But basically, there are eight different playable characters. You pick which one you want to play as, you want to, you want to start as. And it sounds like you're going to get kind of a completely different game, depending on who you pick, because each character has different abilities. And it's all an ability that interacts with an NPC. So, like, one guy, you can challenge any NPC you encounter to a fight. And you fight that character, and then you can get stronger from fighting them. And so he just runs around fighting everyone he finds. Um, one character can like charm in, in PCs. Um, one character can like essentially like in, in a Pokemon style can kind of capture NPCs and then summon them later in the middle of battle <laughs> to come fight for you. Um, so it seems like depending on who you pick, you have a different story and you do different things and the art looks great. It's this kind of like, um, 2d sprites on 3d backgrounds. So it's a really kind of like striking look to it. Um, so it's a game I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. There was a demo that came out on the Switch, but I'm really excited about it. I think it looks really cool. So that, that's one that's on my list. Uh, nice. Also in the uh, in the Switch family, Kirby Star Allies just looks like some classic Kirby action. So that, that comes out in March. Um, I don't think there's really much to say about it. It's like it looks like Kirby that you can 
swallow up enemies. It has a multiplayer component to it, so you can play with your buddies. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think that that's online. I think that that is local only, um, but it looks really good. One of the Switch games that, again, I'm probably the only one excited about this, but uh, Travis Strikes Again, colon, No More Heroes, is the uh, follow-up cool. <laughs> to to the No More Heroes games. So No More Heroes were, were the weirdest games on the Wii. They starred Travis Touchdown. He had a lightsaber, and it was, they were brutal and, like, disgustingly bloody and just freaking weird. Like, I can't even describe how weird these games were. Um, and, and we're actually getting a follow-up to those on the Switch, which I'm beyond excited about. The The, the trailer for this game for Travis Strikes Again looks, looks super bizarre. Um, Travis Touchdown in the game is, like, really into, like creepy anime like the like you know like like body pillow anime type stuff and he's also into like wrestling so he does like wrestling moves that that you can learn um it's just it's just really really strange um the the game was developed by suda 51 who is like a self a self-proclaimed like punk rock game developer so he's done a bunch of really strange games if you've seen like let it die on ps4 or Shadows of the Damned on Xbox 360, all the way back to, like, Killer7 on, like, the PS2 GameCube era. Um, they're all, like, really weird, really bizarre, like, generally unplayable games for the most part. Like, sometimes these games are so <laughs> are so bad that, like, there's, there's huge portions of them. You're just like, hey, this is, like, not really a playable video game. But um, the, the, like... The, the the spirit of them is so good <laughs> that it's it's worth looking at. So that's going to be a really strange game that I'm going to be just, like, over the moon about when it comes out, I'm sure. Um, I'm also excited about Mega Man 11. That got announced. I, I, uh, I didn't realize it had been so long since Mega Man 10, but, like, I'm, like, weirdly excited about getting to play a Mega Man again. Even though you know I'm terrible at them, <laughs> that's yeah. That was the that was the takeaway I got. You know the the heart of the Mega Man series. I think you had talked about it, Josh, maybe on one of your yeah your dailies. But just that that idea that Mega Man was one of the first ones. Like you you fight a boss, you get a power, and you get to keep it. You get to use <laughs> it's it again. Yours, it's yeah. not just like a one and done. And for me, especially, I my forever struggle with platformers or is uh i will check it out but it'll be <laughs> i'm a little nervous about not being past world one one yeah i mean um I, I guess that's the nice thing about it being Mega Man is you can kind of hit all the worlds even if you can't beat any of them you get to see them all <laughs> you yeah. just bounce around um you know i played when they did the when they brought back Mega Man. you know it's like we're gonna make a new like like eight bit Mega Man and 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 that came out. Uh, that was nine in this case. You know, I played it. I liked it. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't hook me in the way where it's like I'm going to put hundreds of hours in this game and master it. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think this game will either. But I'm at least interested in like you know pounding my head against it for for a bit. I think you know. I I think that it's been long enough that I'm interested in just like getting murdered by a Mega Man game for a while. <laughs> I also, speaking of games, I didn't realize how long it had been since they came out. Uh, Soul Calibur Six is slated for this year. It's been apparently six years since Soul Calibur Five. I have no idea how it went that long between Soul Calibers, <laughs> but wow. those are always fun. Like you know, I I typically enjoy fighting games. I'm never 
competitive with them whatsoever, but I really loved dabbling in them because I, I grew up like playing a ton of Street Fighter and again, just being a complete scrub the whole time. But um, I, I really love just playing fighting games, even if I'm just playing arcade mode offline. And Soul Calibur is super fun, the entire Soul Calibur series, because they're very approachable games. So you can kind of just get in there and button mash and swing your sword, and it's very fun. And they usually, at least the later ones, have really good customization options where you can, like, change what your character looks like and what sword he has and stuff. And that's that's a blast to, like, unlock all that stuff. And they're usually a good time, even if you're not, like, going to be super competitive, which is what I'm typically looking for in a fighting game. And then finally in the fighting game uh, camp, we have Dragon Ball Fighters with a Z, I think is how they <laughs> they want that pronounced. I thought it was Dragon Ball Fighter Z for a long time, but I think it's literally Dragon Ball Fighters. But um, th- that game looks incredible. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen any footage of that game. It looks amazing. Like, I'm, I am not a fighting game guy. I mean, the last one I really sunk my heart and soul into was Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> <laughs> but that game just like the gameplay footage the actual in-game not the cutscenes not the it it looks like a it looks like an episode of dragon ball like it's it looks really really cool it it 100 looks like you are just straight up watching dragon ball z um it's incredible how far we've come as far as gameplay goes so that's a game that is being um i believe developed by like Arc system works. It's the people who make like the blaze blue stuff. I, I I might be wrong about that. I might be it might be imagining that, but it's definitely like one of those like anime inspired games that are the like blaze blue type games, which unfortunately those are usually the hardest to get into fighting games. Like they have the most systems at play. They require the most like minute timing. They require the most like twitch reflexes and stuff. So. I don't think this is going to be a game that I'm going to be able to compete at at any level whatsoever. But gosh, if it's not going to look amazing to actually play it. <laughs> I do wonder too, like the with the frame rates and, and just the, the visual of it. But I could imagine, I could see a scenario where um, this could become a, a highly regarded or watched game on a platform like Twitch. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. I would really, you know, I think more than any other type of fighting game, I think I could get into someone who is really good at a couple of different players and just watching matches. Um, I, I hope that's a thing. I hope that this that it uh, becomes a thing because that would be fun. Yeah, I, I, I hope that like this game specifically makes it into like Evo and that type of stuff just to, just so we can see just ridiculously high level play. Cause I'm sure it's going to look incredible. <laughs> it's going to, yeah. it's just going to be just complete nonsense. And, uh, I think that's my, my general list of like weird, crazy games. There was a, there's a game called Griftlands that's coming out that I don't really know much about, but it looks amazing. It's uh it's going to be on the PS4. It's like, it looks like a general, like turn-based RPG, like you would expect, but it's kind of a, like a post-apocalyptic kind of a, a setting. And the art is just incredible. Like it, it looks like you're watching again, just like a cartoon or something in the turn-based battles. Um, so that that looks exciting. It'll be out soon, but like again, don't know, don't know too much about it. Um, and, and are there any other games we've missed that we haven't haven't touched on? I think we've we've hit a lot of them here. Um, I had a couple that I just wanted to name real quick. Definitely, you know, thinking about the the coming in 2018 
um, I had a really long list, and then it shrunk down to what games would I actually put money into. <laughs> sure. Uh, and so, just real quick, uh, God of War. Um, it's been a while since we've had one of those, and that looks really, really cool. Um, I like the the meme of Dad of War that's come out because <laughs> of the story. Um, uh, you know that he's he's got a son, and so I think there's going to be some storytelling aspects of the game that I'm really going to get into. So I've never gotten into any of the God of War games. Like I've never really played them, but this one has me excited because of the whole like dad stuff going on and the, just the storyline and the stuff I've seen so far looks really good. So I, I'm most excited about this one than I ever have been on one before. Yeah. I've never gotten into the series either, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit up my alley. The action RPG, just the, Swinging my weapon around and killing a massive number of whatevers, I think, <laughs> looks really fun. Um, and I think that the art of this one is going to be it's going to be pretty cool. Um, Crackdown three, maybe finally <laughs> is going to come out after be- like I I think that it's been pushed back so many times now that I don't know if that means it's in such a terrible place that it may never come out or they really, really want it to be good. And so they really aren't going to release it until it's ready. I mean, the, the, the release of the Xbox one X seemed like it would have been the perfect moment and they passed that date. And so to, to push it past that, I'm hoping for the second scenario of, all right, it just isn't ready. Let's make sure it's ready before we, toss it out there um you know the idea of being able to to play a multiplayer where the environment is really a part of the game and not just the place you're playing the game i think sounds really cool i i yeah i certainly hope that that's good i i don't have the highest of hopes from things i've seen and yeah like the pushbacks and stuff but you know fingers crossed we'll see We'll see. Um, the last night, um, I was talking about when we were talking about Spider-Man, things that have stuck with me since E3, and I think the the last night is one that really, it's uh, being put out by a studio called Odd Tales. Um, I don't really know anything about this game other than it kind of looks like it's got some platforming in it, but just the pixelated art style and this kind of grungy yep. uh, uh, Blade Runner neon. I, I don't I don't know the, the best words to describe it. I hope people will go out there and at least Google it and check it out. But it looks really different and I could really see myself, if it's a good story, getting into a game like that. It was definitely like one of the standouts of E3 for sure. Like that game just yeah. looked incredible. Blew everyone away. And uh Nino Kuni too. Um, I until the first Nino Kuni, I had never played a JRPG, and the list I've played is still very small. Um, and I actually picked up the PS3 game because of the trailer that I saw for Nino Kuni two back <laughs> last year. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to know what this is all about. Nice. And so I finally took the plunge, and it wasn't as I don't know. I've just never, you know, I really. The, the action RPG has always been my jam, and the idea of having to sit and wait to take a turn <laughs> yep. has always seemed a little strange, but I, I really did get into Nino Kuni, and um, and so I think the, the second one looks, it looks amazing. I love Studio Ghibli, and the idea that I could play a game that looks just like a movie, just like a 
Ghibli movie, mm-hmm. I think, would be super fun. Yeah, the the game like art wise looks fantastic. It, yeah, yeah. I, I unfortunately didn't ever play the first one, but it it was one that was like kind of always on my list, and I never actually circled back around and, and played it. Um, it's really good. It's hard to find. I'll send it to you if you want. I I, I yeah. I mean maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like yeah, that sounds fun. I'm like I do have time to play. <laughs> um yeah i didn't realize that had become hard to find either but um yeah the the second one looks looks super super fantastic and i remember always hearing really good things about the first one so and the last one for me um metro exodus um i'm trying to get into now that i have a pc um i have recently downloaded dishonored for like two dollars off of steam nice just to try and force myself into learning how to mouse and keyboard and so far i am terrible i can't sneak past <laughs> anyone i am the, i've been killed so many times but i'm i'm making myself get in there and do it um and i think metro exodus would be a fun game um that have you played the other played the series okay. i haven't but the idea that you know the entire series has been underground and now suddenly you finally get to come up and see what uh you know the the nuclear wasteland is like uh sounds really uh sounds really fun the trailer's cool and as being a big huge fan of snow piercer getting to hop on <laughs> a dystopian train i think by itself is going to be uh going to be super cool it it warms my heart hearing you say that you're a big fan of snow piercer <laughs> me too i did not know this and i'm super happy right now oh my gosh little gelatin bug bars mm, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a I'm in a spot where I haven't played any of the Metro games, but I, I do I I did buy Metro 2033 and 2034 I think are the actual numbers, um uh, the the books themselves just to read the read the novels I haven't I haven't started them yet but I own them both <laughs> to check those out, so that might be what I do on vacation. I think it's a, pretty much the same thing. You own them and then you can say you read them. Right, they're, they're <laughs> on the <laughs> shelf. Clearly, these are things that I am into because they're on my bookshelf. That's just how that works. <laughs> <laughs> all right so oh, let's one yeah to pick up right before we take off because we had talked about it previously um was i wanted to know if way out had uh it was really going to come out this year it's that uh that split screen yeah that permanently split screen jailbreak movie that or, uh, sorry uh video game it it looks incredible. I think it I think it's supposed to come out this year. It's supposed to, yeah. I think so. And it seems like a really unique concept that I want to know if it could be pulled off because I think if you had the right person to play it with, it could be really fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be March twenty third. Uh, so well. you know, not not too long. Yeah, it looks like a game that that would be super fun to play with someone that you know. Like that's that's gonna be the thing. Is um, hopefully it's it's still fun. You know. Um, well, I mean, it seems like you get trolled if you didn't know the person. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and if I remember right, like this is a game that doesn't have a single player at all. Like it's either, you know, you're playing with somebody or you're not playing at all, which I think is a really bold uh, direction for a game. But I, I, everything I've seen about this game, I adore. Like the, the split screen, the like doing something differently from your partner, but you're both working towards the same goal. The like awesome way that they do like the dynamic split screen. So sometimes they'll like you know very like cinematically give one person more room on the screen. Uh, yeah, th- there's a lot in that game that seems like it's going to get stolen <laughs> by other games, you know, in, in like subsequent years. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that that game's awesome. 
I'm then, good now. <laughs> wanted to make sure because I, I had skipped over that one. So let's let's jump into movies for a bit. Unfortunately, we're just gonna have to like blaze through some of these. So we can we can touch on these in future episodes if we wanna. Uh, I want to talk more, but let's just like let's just start throwing titles out basically here. So, um, one on my list because I was so into Justice League, I'm excited to see Aquaman because Jason freaking Momoa was like the best part of Justice League. So yes, just give me more of him. Uh, just, just let him, let him say more, just, just, just mean, like beefcake things to people. Let him, let him swim around <laughs> in the oceans. Sign me up. The there's beard and the hair. Just let him be. Right. There's, let him be Jason Momoa. There's a, there's a movie called Braven coming out starring, starring him. And it's a, it looks like it's a straight ahead action movie. Um, where two guys are in a, a cabin in the woods. These drug people have hidden drugs in this cabin unbeknownst to them. And it becomes this like fight, this like shootout for their lives. And at one point, like Jason Momoa, like throws a, a tomahawk, like a hatchet at somebody's head. And I'm like, show me no more. Like, I just need to go see this movie. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Stop the much frontier with him in it. I, I have not. No. Cause it is a, it's a Netflix series oh okay it's not the story is kind of weird and not great but like jason momoa and he's a he's a frontiersman badass okay yep that's, that's all i need to know yep. sounds good yep <laughs> when you're like oh yeah he's throwing a hatch i was like oh it seems like he learned something for a role and wanted to do it again <laughs> oh man i really <laughs> i really hope that the reason that hatchet is in braven is because he was just like you know i can do this like i can i'm really good at throwing hatchets <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you're aware. First team all state. <laughs> yeah, pretty good at throwing hatchets. Um, rain here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm super stoked about Aquaman. That's definitely on my list. What about uh, what about you, Ross? You got got some stuff uh, coming up. I'm super stoked for the Black Panther movie. Yeah, it's like coming out in three or four weeks. Yeah, like that's February. Just, it is sneaking up for sure. Um, it looks and good. I like the premise. I've done a decent job of staying away from any of the websites and things. I've just seen uh, trailers when I happened to go to to movies in the theater. Like it was a, uh, there was a Black Panther preview prior to the Last Jedi. Yep. Um, and I, I like it. I like the whole from the outside. It looks like modern day Africa, and then they go somehow into another world. And everything is trippy, and I, I, I just love everything about this movie. I, give me more Black Panther. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah. Like I, and I, I love to, you know, I like going into a superhero movie not knowing as much about the hero either. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with Black Panther, of course, but like I haven't really ever read any of his like solo books when those have happened here and there. I mainly am just like aware of him like tangentially to like the Avengers or whatever. And you know, I know that he. Uh, married storm for a while and like little bits and pieces but i'm excited to like really do like the deep dive on just like wakanda and stuff i think that'll be really sweet yeah so. it looks super good i'm looking forward to that one um one that i am anticipating uh ready player one i think that was on your list as well Josh. it is yeah yeah, yeah. and I'm sure you've talked about it before on your on your dailies. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. I've read I've read the book multiple times. Okay, <laughs> and, and the thing about that 
movie, I think for me is I'm going to have to try to separate the two, you know, the, right. the movie that I have played in my mind is amazing and that's not what's going to be on screen. And if I can just make sure that message gets through <laughs> before I walk into the theater, if I can really own that and leave it, this is going to be its own story. This is a story that Steven Spielberg and Ernest Klein have worked on to put up on the screen and that it's not going to be the book exactly. Um, I think other than that, it looks really it looks really cool. The, yeah, it, the, it definitely does seem far different than the book. Like everything that they've shown in the trailer so far is it seems like they're making a slightly different thing for sure. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a book. Oh yeah, you need to read oh, the book. It's a really good book. You oh, need to man. read the book. Yeah. Try to learn how to read again <laughs> for fun. Even. Yeah, yeah, for fun, not for work. Boring <laughs> documents. <laughs> yeah the the book is the book is fantastic, and the the movie again. It's one of those things where you're like, you really, oh man, I hope it's good. I hope it's so good. Um, but there's already stuff in the trailer that aren't that's not in the book. Like there's the whole car chase like ridiculousness, and it seems like. It seems like they're going way more over the top in the movie than with the book, which is probably necessary, you know? Like, so so much of the book is just sort of um, exposition, like explaining things about the world. And, and, and the movie necessarily can't be that. Uh, they have to show you. So, um, you know, I, I definitely trust Spielberg and stuff. I, I think that there's enough hype around this movie that I, I, think, I think it'll be good. I, I'm excited, you know? I think it'll be good. The one thing that I can't help thinking, too, is... With as big a push as PSVR was uh, in 2016, the HTC Vive, the the Oculus Rift, the you know the the success of Resident Evil Seven uh, in VR, um, it felt like there was this big VR push going into 2017, and then it didn't. I don't know. It just turned into shooters and racing games and 2017 was kind of quiet and it feels like this is a little bit of a missed opportunity like here is a a movie with a real sci-fi fan base already built in and you know to to have a developer work in tandem with this movie release or you know maybe not even at the exact same time but in the same time for you know same quarter same year yeah to have you know the the egg hunt in VR, <laughs> you know, on your game called the Oasis, or I don't know. I mean, I, I just seems like there was, I think there was an opportunity here for for folks to to do something cool. I think my problem with that would be that it would never live up to like again, like the, the thing that I'd imagine, <laughs> like true. just like you said, it's, we're we're like ten years away from it. <laughs> we are <laughs> the game that it would need to be, but because because you know. would want it to be like you know the it's hidden somewhere like not the same places as in the book but like then you'd have to like do your investigation and you want to be able to have like you know hundreds of thousands of places to travel to and like see them all and yeah i just i I would want it to be so much bigger of a world than it would end up having to be you know well Uh, some studio someday is gonna have to come back and i I agree i make the game that i want (laughs) (laughs) um we also have the han solo movie that's coming out this year the... Yeah, and I saw that it's coming out in May. Yeah. Is that true? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So doesn't that break the... So I thought it was going to take the place of, uh, like, the Rogue One, right? I yeah. thought it was going to be December is now and forevermore the Star Wars month. And so it was, you know, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, 
you know, it would be a, a, a franchise movie and then a solo movie and then a franchise movie and then a solo movie. Is that not happening anymore? I guess not. It's coming out in May, apparently, if Is it that, doesn't get pushed. super surprising. It's coming out Memorial Day weekend, Yeah, it seems. I mean, you know, I, I think they're for sure, of course, alternating years. But, yeah, I guess they're not sticking as strictly to, like, we always put them out in December. Um, I mean, give me well, more Donald Glover, so I'm down. And there was, if I remember right, I think it's been talked about a little bit, too, that there was, there's been some problems or issues with that movie as well, right? Yeah, they, they uh, switched directors. So they the original duo... Um, which were the the same team that did like Twenty One Jump Street. Those guys got fired, just straight up fired, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and got replaced by Ron Howard. So, so they may be off their timing a little bit too because oh, oh, come together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that'll be an interesting movie to see because yeah, because you know Lord and Miller got fired. That um, like, what did that movie become? Is there some weird remnant where? Like parts of it are like super jokey, and then they had to like sort of reel that back in or something. Because that was always my understanding or like my guess as to why those guys got dropped was they were trying to, they were trying to tell their like, you know, ironic jokey tale in Star Wars, and then you know the people that be at Star Wars were like, no, what what are you doing? No, we can't do this. This is this is Guardians of the Galaxy territory. This is not Star Wars territory. <laughs> That's that was that was my guess, but you know, um, it'll be interesting to see what then like the the ultimate movie looks like because of that big shakeup. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely like I'm excited about it. I, my my love of Donald Glover I think is well documented. Uh, he's I think in multiple arenas. In multiple arenas, he's he is the best ever. He's uh, he's 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 the best rapper. <laughs> He's uh, he's he's fantastic in in television programs. He's he's fantastic at writing, writing directing, acting. Right, he is the quadruple threat. Um, <laughs> so I'm yeah, I'm a I have a ridiculous man crush on Donald Glover. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for Atlanta season two uh, from him coming out very soon. So him as as Lando Calrissian is is gonna blow my mind. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. I don't, even, I don't even care anything else about the rest of the movie. If the Lando scenes are awesome, that's all I need. <laughs> if they don't mess up Chewie and they don't mess up Lando. Right. I'm sold. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because they would be smart to steer away from making it about Hansel. Because if it's not Harrison Ford, no one's going to care. And that... you're not going to make Harrison Ford travel back in time. Right. It's going to be a... That's going to be a, a very uphill battle for them, I think, to... To yeah. to make you believe someone else is Han Solo, that's gonna be rough. So it'll be <laughs> yeah. interesting to see how they pull it off. Yeah, um, I, I think so. But um, the next big one for me, anyway, that I have a super guilty pleasure for is uh, giant frigging robots fighting <laughs> giant frigging monsters. And John Boyega is actually going to get some worthwhile screen time, I hope. <laughs> because we're going to follow up uh, Idris Elba's uh, very stern performance with John Boyega, who I think is probably descendant in some way. I tried to steer clear of this movie because I knew nothing about Pacific Rim yeah. rolling into it. And so the it's second the one, I just want to roll into it knowing... Giant robots and giant monsters. So, <laughs> not to spoil anything for you, but I'm I'm fairly certain that John Boyega's character is the son of Idris Elba's character. Nice. I think that's the I think that's the setup. 
I yeah, like Pacific Rim is the ultimate movie that you have to know what you're getting in for when you go into it. Like if you go in expecting high art cinema, you are you are in the wrong place. But if you go in thinking it's really cool when giant robots hit giant monsters, then man, you are you're in the right place. You're, you you signed be up. Like- Right up my alley for that. Right. Uh, I don't really go to... I have to think sometimes during the day, and I don't want to do that at the... It's really the worst, yeah. I I... tend to avoid some of the more artsy movies (laughs) uh, for that reason, where, like, I just want to see things blow up. Or happy endings of some sort. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, my my, again, my tastes are well documented in that I definitely skew much more towards the Pacific Rim side than, (laughs) I don't know, the... uh, I can't even think of like what is like a stereotypical artsy movie, but yeah, that's not that's not for me. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> no. I hear it's really good, and I support people that see it. I saw I, I saw it. Terrible, terrible movie. Bad movie. Oh, well, and so the Friendly. thing about Pacific Rim, the you know the first one being done by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, you know he Pan's Labyrinth. I think could probably be considered a pretty artsy movie, sure. and it was great. It was really fantasy and out there and. So I've really enjoyed uh, his movies, and the fact that he isn't involved in this one makes me a little nervous. Sure, um, uh, but I'm still I'm still hopeful that they that they uh, yeah that they can still nail the robots versus monsters. Well, the the first movie was definitely like they knew they were making a like kaiju gundam style anime just live action right like they 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 knew the exact tone they were going for with that and they i'm sure was probably pretty scary like some of the things like they were having actors do just like is this gonna work like this is really odd but you know it was the tone that that they were setting out for so hopefully there are people with this one that understand that still (laughs) and know know the tone they should be shooting for and you know, we haven't seen enough to really know thus far, but but fingers crossed. Yeah, I it, hopefully it's amazing. Uh, also on my list of of things I'm super super stoked for, uh, Avengers: Infinity War. You know, we finally get the the beginning of the end, sort of for the whole. You know, uh, Thanos is here and all the. Uh, all the gems, all the stones, and and this massive, huge battle we've been building up for like nineteen some movies. Uh, <laughs> it's I like that everyone got like exactly two seconds in the trailer. You know, like <laughs> yes, okay, we got to make sure we you got to get your little check checkbox list out. I'm like, oh yeah, got that one, and yeah, uh, yeah Black Panther, and <laughs> I got uh, Avengers yeah, Bingo, and... nailed it. <laughs> Avengers Bingo. <laughs> I uh, I was reading some. Um, some speculation, some information about Avengers four, which is the, the next Avengers movie, Avengers film is coming out. They just wrapped filming. And originally that movie was supposed to be infinity war part two, like literally called infinity war part two. And then they reeled that back in and said, okay, it's not, it's not just the continuation of infinity war. And so everybody was wondering like, Oh, what's going on? Is it a new villain? What's, what's happening? And their their wrap cake, where they just finished filming Avengers four, has Thanos massive standing on top of the cake. Um, so it's definitely a movie still featuring Thanos. So it seems like that Infinity War, the the one we're getting this year, is the beginning of the battle, and then Avengers four is going to be like you know everyone was defeated in the last movie. Now we have to actually figure out how to beat the guy. So 
It'll uh, it'll be kind of Avengers like dark middle chapter is what it is what it seems like it's shaping up to be. Um, but I yeah I'm stoked. I, I I love I love where we've come and where we've gotten to with these Marvel movies. It's it is ridiculous and and so exciting that that they've been able to world build this effectively and this long in film. Like it's fantastic. And then on the flip side of that, we have Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now a Disney property. So <laughs> now a Disney property. <laughs> I'm be interesting. really excited for this. I don't know what to expect, but I know it's going to be more hilarity. Um, so the first one was super enjoyable. The, the, and the second one, like, if they keep all of their greasy myth off of it and just let that movie do what it does best, it'll be fine. If yeah. people start trying to be like, oh, it really needs to be kid-friendly. Like, no, no, it doesn't. That's, that's the whole not, point. That's, yeah. It's the entire point of Deadpool. You know, I, and I, I, think that, I think they should be able to get that. The, the, there's a reason that it was the most popular superhero movie of that time. I mean, I think that, yeah, I, I'm confident that they, they figured out that it really was the messaging of that movie and made Hugh Jackman didn't need to be in it, but they still made it. <laughs> Hugh Jackman great. does not need to be in Deadpool 2. You know, maybe yeah, let him go out on top. <laughs> I, I, I really hope, you know, I, I really hope that Disney understands buying Fox, that, that there's a lot of stuff they just need to, like, leave alone. You know, it was working. Just just let it keep going. It's fine. You own it now. You're going to get some portion of the revenue. Just Just leave things alone. And I think that that's generally what they've been doing so far so i hope that that hope that continues to be par for the course with what we get with this purchase but who knows (laughs) (laughs) uh one more on my list that i wrote down that you know again we talked about me loving big giant stupid movies i don't think we're gonna get a bigger dumber stupider movie this year than (laughs) rampage which is great because at the uh in one of the versions of so now one of the uh, prompts was, "What is the like? What is a retro game that you remember playing first? Yeah, and definitely Rampage is one of the first ones I remember playing like, <laughs> at a buddy's house on the NES. It's just like, yeah, you're this. I'm gonna be Donkey. I'm gonna be uh, King Kong. You're gonna be this giant lizard. You're just gonna be like eat this building. Like, okay, <laughs> sure, cool, great. <laughs> I just love. I just love that they're making it into." Kind of like, not a serious movie, but like a movie where it's like, you know, you're going to feel bad for the giant rampage uh, uh, gorilla, you know? Like, yeah, all right, yeah. cool. Sign me up. He's a tragic <laughs> character. Let's do this. And, Voiced by Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> and just anything with the rock in it. Just I'm basically just on oh. board instantly. I still haven't seen Jumanji yet. I'm so sad because I wanted to see it so know. bad. Jumanji is shaking my the foundation that is my rock <laughs> I'm on board and for like, it. I just don't know if I can do it. Like, Jumanji is a movie that is just left in the past. I mean, like, I don't I don't have the um, reverence for Jumanji, I think, that a lot of people do. Like, I like the original Jumanji a ton, but I don't care that they remade it. I mean, it's fine. Um, and it, it was one where I enjoyed it at the time. I have tried to watch Jumanji again. No. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't yes, hold no. up? It does not hold up for me. Okay. I enjoy the memory that I have of Jumanji, which is like the 
you know, way before any of the internet uh, streaming services and any of that. So like <laughs> my dad and I went to the video store yep. where they had just the boxes and you picked up the tag and you went and like gave the clerk the tag and they opened <laughs> that giant Perfect. ass drawer of, uh, of movies and like found the one and gave it to you. That's, that's the reason I like Jumanji because <laughs> we didn't go to the video store very often. So it was a special video store treat to go get it to was see. a video store treat. Um, I think Rampage and Jumanji both kind of it makes me curious like there must be some kind of crazy rubric as far as like uh, <laughs> movie executives like how do you decide which types of IP get carried forward you know you know <laughs> reaching back into the like there must be certain criteria that have to be met but I just can't imagine what any of some of these have like who who looks back at the video game of Rampage and says you know what we need to make a movie of that. I mean, and we need to have the rock in it. Like, how did, how did you get there? Like, how does... <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring up Battleship, like Ross said. I mean, like, like nothing seems crazy uh, until, like, I mean, like, I, if I tell you, like, they made a Battleship movie and put Rihanna in it, that's all, like, that's the that's the bar. That's the bar we're setting. It's pretty low. All of a sudden, giant monsters seem like it's going to make sense. Right. Like, at least Rampage, it's like, no, I, I see the, like, A to B to C there. Like, I see where you get the plot. Like, Battleship is like, like, what? Battleship, not only did they make a movie and put Rihanna in it, they also made about aliens for some reason that's not what battleship's about and battleship's <laughs> not about anything that's yeah i'm waiting i'm waiting for the uh the pac-man adaption that's what i want i want the live action serious pac-man adaption serious pac-man yeah. dude's just eating too many ghosts i imagine i imagine at this point in all the studios there's just some intern somewhere whose sole job is to type things from 1980s into Google and just see what pops up and then figure out <laughs> figure out who owns yes. the rights to those things. And like I imagine which heartstrings can we tug on next? Right, yeah. I imagine I feel like if you do Pac-Man live action, like it's got to be sort of uh, Danny Glover's character from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> okay, yep, go on. It's like run down I for some reason I just picture Pac-Man as like a rundown cop who just really wants to retire a greasy wife beater uh shirt on with the the leather holster that's always unbuckled like no trigger safety for that guy so it's, it's just pac-man like walking down a corridor he turns the corner he sees pellets in front of him and he's just like i'm getting too old for this and he just starts yeah, getting him pretty much Perfect. it's like the dude's just he's done he just wants to be done as an ip and that's that's just what I think of when I think of Pac-Man. He 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 goes home and Mrs. Pac-Man just just won't won't let him up. Just like she's know. got a vibrant career, <laughs> you know, she's out doing her thing. CEO, she looks all posh and like not him. He's just not washed him. up. <laughs> yeah, he's washed out. She divorced him a long time ago. Everybody knows it. I'm into it. I'm into it. I can buy it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for letting me go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I definitely imagine that with most of these things that happen. It's not so much that they decided like this is the one. It's it's more that like we threw like a thousand uh, spaghetti strands on the wall, and this is the one that stuck because it was the one where we were able to get the rights, and it's the one where finally like someone wrote a good script for it, and like eventually like it just sort of all the pieces fell together. I imagine they were trying for like ten thousand other retro properties to to revive right. all at the same time, and we just get them sort of one by one. <laughs> twenty twenty, we're gonna get Death Hunter. 
that that doesn't sound like the most far fetched thing. I mean, again, no. if, if we can get Battleship, if we if we can get if we can get Rampage, like nothing Duck is off the table. Seems pretty tame. It's true. <laughs> yeah, Duck Hunter would be fine. Like it would be, it would just be like, you know, yeah. someone goes out in the woods like with their dog and yeah, hunts ducks. I, I'm not I'm not sure where you get three acts out of that, but they'd figure it out. You know, <laughs> they'd get the job done. What if what if you just merged? Merge Duck Hunter with like with Mario because you know it always came on the same cartridge. What, is, yeah. what, if, what if you just did the movie where where a guy goes hunting with his dog and then falls down the pipe and is in is in the Mushroom Kingdom now? That's great. And then and then you also do the track and field where you get the tri cart. So it's, at some point he just runs like a two hundred yard race for some reason. <laughs> that's what that's what we do. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. We just we do the need to multi-cut. copyright that as soon as we can. <laughs> oh man. <coughs> uh Scott, any other movies from you that, that we that you're looking uh, forward to? Just two that are kind of sticking out in my brain. One is uh Annihilation. Uh it's based on a novel uh by Jeff Vandermeer from twenty fourteen, uh starting Natalie Portman. Um I have some feelings about this book. I really enjoyed the book and so I'm I am at the same time, excited and elated by what I see in the trailer, and then also nervous. I see a lot of love story elements and monsters, and I don't really feel like that's the heart of the book. So I will definitely be reporting back. Uh, but the just the visuals of that, what I've seen in the trailer so far, look really cool. And so I'm hopeful, so, apprehensive, all so, kinds of feelings. About so that. this is the movie where... There's like the wall of like sort of colory, shimmery stuff that then they like walk through and like kind of hunt out what's going on and there's crazy creatures and stuff, right? It's that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think not to not to I don't think it'll give too much away, but just the the heart of that book or the the things that I really took away from it that really enjoyed was the idea that the end of the world, you know, it's not going to be this huge alien invasion that everyone sees dropping out of the sky. It's not going to be, you know, this the uh, natural disasters that occur over the course of a week. It's going to be this weird, like thing that nobody can explain. You know, there's this, this occurrence. They don't even know what to call it in the book. They okay. call it all kind of area X and it's <laughs> everything they send in. Nothing comes out. Oh, and there's no message. Like we can't get any information. You know, there's the, the end of the world. Isn't going to be this all of a sudden huge it's going to be this thing that just steadily grows that we don't have an answer for and can't get information on and so it's that unknowing and there's just this sense of dread throughout the whole story that i've really enjoyed and hope gets translated onto the big screen nice yeah i didn't even realize that it was based on a book so i'm definitely putting that on my list now of, of again things to read on vacation uh, because the, the trailer for it looked fantastic. Like I was really intrigued yeah. by what was happening in the trailer because, you know, there the definitely seems like there's way more to it and they're going for a different tone than a lot of these films would be, you know? So um, it, it seemed very intriguing from what, what little I'd seen. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Um, and then the other title that's kind of been um, kind of beckoning to me, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Um, looks like after I saw the trailer, I thought back to what Ross said uh, in the last episode about wanting to have that thing that you then dive into the lore and the source material of. Sure. And I've never been a huge manga guy, but just from what I've seen in this trailer makes me curious about 
I think that the trailer shows you a lot, but doesn't really explain anything. And so I want to <laughs> know, like, who is this person? How, what are these characters? Where do they live? How do, what's their relationship to each other? Like, I don't, I see some really cool, um, uh, CGI and some animation. I get. I don't know. It's like the way that they've smashed the real world and effects together looks really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to be checking out the manga series uh, created by uh, Yukito Kishiro. Nice. Um, back from 1990. So I'm going to check that out and hope that the movie. Uh, does some cool stuff. This is this is not a uh, a movie or manga that I've actually heard about. So this is very very interesting. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks real cool. Yeah, those are my two. Nice, awesome. Uh, well, let's yeah, we'll, we'll probably stop there then. Uh, I know we've got a couple things written down for other mediums outside of games and movies. We'll touch on those on the next episode. Uh, just so we don't record a three-hour episode here. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap that up. So we'll be back again in two weeks for another episode. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out the daily episodes of Pretty Dece as those come out. You can find those on the YouTube's channel. Just search for Pretty Dece on YouTube or Facebook, facebook.com slash Show, or by just visiting prettydeceshow.com. Nice listing there of all of the episodes as they happen. You can also follow Pretty Dece Show on Twitter at Pretty Dece Show. Uh, and you guys are also in various places on the internet. Scott, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Schmizmar9. That's at S-C-H-M-I-Z-M-A-R-9. And also uh, streaming some games on Twitch. And that's twitch.tv slash schmizmar9, where we've been doing a little retro gaming. Just yeah. finished up Pikmin and dived into Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg recently. So some weird, random, nice older games. You played some, uh, what, Link's, uh, Link's Awakening? Link's... Oh, Link's Awakening on the yeah. Game Boy, yeah. I, 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 watched, also... yeah, I saw some of that. Um, super fun. And your your general schedule is, what, Saturday and Sunday mornings? Is that That's your general? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's so. usually what, you know, every once in a while we'll pepper in, sprinkle in some weekday things, but mostly it's the, the weekend mornings. Nice. Awesome. And Ross, how about you? Uh, if you wanted to find me on Twitter, you can do that. And I okay. don't have a schedule. Ross, I think you I think you cut out a little bit, so start from the top on your oh. Twitter account. So sorry. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at litu underscore 87. Uh, occasionally I stream on Twitch, but I'm not cool enough to have a schedule, uh, <laughs> like Schmiz. So, uh, you can also find me there at LITU87. Yay, Twitch. Fan. Uh, sounds like I would like to get more into, but, uh, until time frees up, it's going to be, uh, catch as catch can. Yep. Yep. Just, uh, a fun thing randomly. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat of like, yeah, I need to figure out like sort of a, at least one day a week that's just sort of streaming day, but that that has not happened thus far. But uh, definitely that's the plan, at least with some of these fun like retro stuff and plugging things into the Frame Meister and all that fun business. So again, that's going to do it for us. Thank you very much for joining us. Check out PrettyDeeceShow.com in the meantime. We'll be back in about two weeks for another episode, but thanks for everyone joining us. Peace. I've had this dream... <laughs> Not like a subcon, like I've been dreaming, daydreaming okay. about Jurassic World Evolution.
okay. the the new Park Sim game that's supposed to be coming out. <laughs> All right. Yes. And thinking, so my first thought was like, do we really need another Park Sim game? Like we've got the crazy roller coaster one. We've got like this is not a new. And then the thought occurred to me. Can I put the raptor pen right next to the child care center? Oh jeez. <laughs> and then and then just from there it's just been the snowball to the point that this game will never live up to what I want it to be for me personally. Like I want I want to have the so little security. I want like almost zero security. And I want can we drape the child center in like meat? Can I put the feeding station like on t- on the roof? <laughs> and then like right right as that first as the first fence fails that's when i want to add the security i want like an elite level security team but it's running i just want to see how like how long it takes for the entire place to just devolve into the worst scenes in the movie series is like how many people <laughs> I want, how many park goers die i want to see like I mean, and it, I want, the, I want the, I want the omni, I want the god view. Like, I want to hear little screams coming from different parts of the park. <laughs> you, you, you essentially want like Westworld, but with dinosaurs. Like, that's really what yes! you're inventing. Like, I, and I want that to be the win. Like, I want it to be I, the 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 win for me is can I get that to last as long as possible? Like, can I get just enough security to like fend off this one area? <laughs> Meanwhile, the flank is totally failing, and yeah. That's... So so okay. So so multiple things. One, I don't think you can make a Jurassic Park um sim like park sim like this and like like the 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 win condition or the doing good condition can't be just like parks running in tip-top shape, right? Like that's <laughs> that's never been the point of the movies ever. No. <laughs> like the See, win my condition hope was that it would be co-op. Oh. So you could like turn somebody loose and you are trying to mop up their mess of like they right. they installed faulty <laughs> wiring and they didn't make the raptor fences high enough. Oh, and like good, you're yeah. going through and like trying to save the park by like erecting new like enclosures and buildings and trying to like head people off and I hope you it... have X amount of resources. Like how many do you save as many people? As... Do you have the, <laughs> the high chance of saving a few people or the low chance of saving more people? You know, what resources do you have and how can the park director work against you? Like <laughs> from above, I want the Samuel L. Jackson, like in the, in the corner, hold on to your butts. Like <laughs> that's what I want. I hope at the very least, um, if you put in like a Raptor fence, that's too low or something like you, you, there's the like Chris Pratt stand in who walks by and it's just like, that's going to be trouble. Like I hope, I hope someone like makes the reference to like, this is going to be an issue. <laughs> I also really want the. I want it that that it's cheaper. Like I'm making money by making the raptor fence lower. <laughs> right. I want to see. <laughs> like I want to be able to. Line. The win is to have the the place co- devolve <laughs> into complete chaos, and I want to walk away with just pockets full of money. I, I hope that um, I hope that at some point, like if your park is too safe, people just stop coming because there's no fun in it. <laughs> there's no danger. Yeah, it's like come on, like I just know I'm gonna see like dinosaurs behind giant fences that they could never jump over. What's the point of even going? Like you have to add a little bit of danger just to get people interested. <laughs>